Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the class suck-up head. <laughs> uh, Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you all, and even play some games sometimes. Cosmo, uh, what's on the docket today? Well, today we are going to be talking about something small but uh, exciting that you know just kind of came up in conversation. We we're like, well, we got to do a quick episode about that. You know, an old tips and tricks. Yeah, TNT for short. Old TNT episode. Tonight or this morning or whenever. Uh, Whenever you may be listening to yeah, this. Yeah, we don't know. It's afternoon for us. But uh, we are going to be talking about handouts and uh, using handouts in your role-playing game to enrich the role-playing experience. And I feel like that's been a theme for the last few episodes. We've been talking about stuff. Uh, I think it's a major pillar of the show. Too. Yeah. Like, we're trying to really enrich this hobby of ours. Right. And, you know, what's the point of talking about it? There needs to be a point to everything we're talking about. The point usually is, how do you make role-playing better? How do you make it more fun? Um, physical handouts is physical the thing we're going to be talking about tonight. All right, so, you know, we want to go through uh, what even is a handout. Okay, you know, you can't do a handout in your role-playing adventure without knowing what a handout is. Uh, why We're going to talk about why you might consider using handouts. And we'll just give some examples of some of the cool handouts that we've done or can think of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And if that sounds a little sparse, this will probably be a pretty quick episode. It's not a complicated idea, but that's why you might be listening to this on a bye week. Maybe. Or we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Maybe this turns out to be more than uh, we initially thought. But all right. So, Dane, what? is a handout. What are handouts, handouts. in pen and paper role playing? Well, just to explain the joke. Is it like it socialist play. bullshit? I'm not into any of that. No, it doesn't. Well, I mean, they do utilize the handout. Ah. Uh, but well, uh, I won't take we're one. not we're not talking about the socialist handouts today. I'm a prideful uh whatever the other thing is. I'm a I'm a prideful capitalist pig. Uh-huh. I won't take any of your bullshit. So, uh, handouts. You know, think we're talking about the kind of handouts that, like, maybe you'd get as, like, a little, like, class project. And not, like, class project, but, you know, like. In school, in I school guess that's project, not a bad example. Right? But it's not like, oh, my big class project. It's like, you know, oh, let's do some problems on the board. You know, everybody go do the problems, and we'll come back and then, like, work through them on the board. Right. Everyone gets a handout. Everyone Sometimes gets a handout. You use that to, yeah. Right? So they're, they're physical items that you actually give uh, out, right, to your players in a role-playing context. Mm -hmm. Right? So they can, they can range from anywhere. Uh, like, you could print art out. You could uh, write on sticky notes. Use uh, little figurines, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, like, actual big, like, Nerf swords yeah, or something, props, right? Yeah, props, toys, that sort of thing. Um, but the point is, it's it's a physical thing that you can hand to your players. And you're like, this is something from the um, from the game that you're playing. Here's, a, like, a tactile, physical representation of it that I mm. give to you. Right, you know, homemade, or you can... Yeah, probably. Or, you know, if you're... Maybe you're trying to, like, 
make up a little uh, NPC card, right? You know, you print out a picture of some actor or whatever, right? Yeah, just stuff printed off the internet or you could draw it yourself, whatever. But, like, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be great art. It doesn't need to be great craftsmanship. The point is you give it to your players and they actually get to physically hold it. Yeah, and they're like, oh, this is this in the game. Cool. Which I think, you know, there it is. That's why you might consider doing the handout is because it's pretty cool. Uh, we found with our players, they really respond well to like getting something physical to represent mm. whatever in, in the game world. Even if it's just a sticky note. Mm. And we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get into some examples of some of that stuff. But first, we're going to talk about why you might use handouts. So they're, they're physical things that uh, are another way players can engage in the story, in the role-playing experience. Uh, and that's cool. Any way to engage is cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing, why you would use a handout, it's physical. Most everything in a pen and paper RPG is imaginary. Sometimes, you know, like the the room that you're in or the the battle arena or whatever you might represent that on a tabletop or on a screen you know with like uh, a visual representation of space and moving characters around but handouts are a physical thing representative of something on that game board or in your imagination that your players can touch and hold so it goes from physical and visual or sorry it goes from imaginary and visual to and auditory. And auditory, yeah, you're talking. Uh, to physical, you're just bringing in another layer of another immersion, sense. another level of you gotta engagement. Touch something. Yeah. You gotta touch it. Uh, and it also inc- increases, uh, it can, like if you give out an item, mm-hmm. like maybe you guys found a cool sword in the dungeon, right? And we're getting into examples. But uh, the cool sword is represented by like a Nerf sword. That can pass from player to player, mm-hmm. and they can be like, yo, pass me the sword, and then in the real world, you can physically pass them a sword, and it feels so cool. Yeah. You best believe, if you do something like that, if you use, like, a Nerf toy, uh, and you're like, well, you pulled the sword out of the stone, now this is, like, your weapon, and they get to, like, note that on their character sheet, but then they also get to, like, physically hold a toy sword, you best believe they're going to be, like, laser-focused on the role-playing they're from, gonna want to hit something. Yeah, with the from sword. that moment, they're gonna be waving it around. They're gonna want to do stuff with it. Um, so, yeah, that is because right, usually reason. it's like uh, you know the GM is talking and like, oh, it's your turn, so and so. What's your move? And they respond directly to the GM. And there's not a lot of player and player like. Uh, I guess just interaction, right? Yeah, between players. A lot of times a a lot of times pen and paper gaming becomes a like take turns interacting with your with your game master. Um but this could be a reason for players to be more directly interacting with each other. That could be a prompt that gets them into Mm -hmm. like the inter party or the intra party role playing. They're like you have a representation of some physical item and you want to like give it to another player, mm-hmm. but oh, in the 
you know, in the mindscape of the game, they're not close enough for that. I'm like, well, shit, I got to get closer to him so I can, like, hand off the, the magic crystal or whatever. And the magic crystal is just a sticky note. Right. But one player holds it and needs to hand it to another player. So, you know, those those two it things are coming like together. It conversation of, like, oh, well, I got this, I got a plan. Like, give me the crystal or grenade or whatever because I got a plan for it. And then, oh, wait, what's your plan? And then they start, the players together start talking about uh, the game. Yeah, what's your plan? I don't want to give you this thing. I like it. Mm -hmm. I'm holding it. So, uh, yeah. That's, that's another reason why handouts uh, can enrich, why you should think about using handouts in your adventure. Uh, they, get, they get the conversation going. Yeah. So, why are handouts... Why would you use handouts? They're cool. They're cool because they increase immersion. They add another layer to your role-playing experience, the physical layer. And they encourage communication between your players. So. Now, so they don't always have to be like, you don't always have to get a Nerf sword. Yeah. Right? If, if it's a cool sword, it could just be a little scratch drawing of a sword on a sticky note. Mm -hmm. But the principle stays the same. Right. So, we're going to talk through some examples now and just, we'll, we'll tell you some of the stuff that we've done that we like, uh, some of the stuff that is easy and, you know, within reach for everybody. Anyone who's doing pen and paper role playing can you, do these things. You have sticky notes. Right. Like, if you don't have sticky notes, I don't understand how you are even playing. Just go get some sticky notes. They're like a dollar. And they're very useful in role-playing and in everyday life but we're not talking about everyday life here yeah. so like sticky notes and note cards right like let's just start off with that because uh, we were already talking about it pretty right. great those are great use uh use those as like inventory items like oh if you guys if your players find a cache mm -hmm. boom here's what you find like oh i open the chest boom slide the card over to them and then like since they're the first person to open it, they get to like grab the card and they like, oh, so I pull out, you know, the sword of whatever with a ruby on its hilt. Then I pull out, oh, what's this? Is this a drinking cup? Oh, I'm going to take that. That's that's my special uh, mead cup now or, you know, what have you. Right. And so note cards and sticky notes, pretty great for this, you know, because they're they're all the same size are really easy to like give to your players they're easy to make a bunch of and hand out to people you know i'm sure just talking about it i haven't gone and looked for this but i bet you wouldn't have to look far on the internet for some like third party D D stuff of cool loot items in like a deck of cards or something that you could give to your players i'm sure that product exists but if you don't want to go buy something like that, you just draw a picture of a of a chalice or a sword or mm -hmm. a helmet or whatever. Draw that on a note card, write the stats next to it, and physically hand that to their players. Now they physically have it. It's, you know, it's physically representative of them claiming it in the game. But then they yeah. also, like, have it in their hands to move around and look at. And... Also, it gives them something to refer back to. Yeah. Um, and I guess, really, uh, you know, sticky notes and note cards are the majority of my handouts, personally, as my GM style is all about 
sticky notes and note cards. I'm not so big into the physical props. Uh, I know we talked a lot about, well, we talked a decent amount about that just now. Like giving it's nerf it's an easy I idea. Nerf I can give Truth me. is, we haven't done that one so much, but it's a very easy thing to do. And you can just, you know, like root around in your house for something and be right. like, hey, this is, you can give someone a broom and be like, oh, it's <laughs> a magical spear that you found. Yeah. They're still going to like engage with that with their mm-hmm. imagination and they're going to engage with it. Physically, you know, that being said, word of warning though, like, uh, definitely know your players to like if this is gonna totally detract, yeah, if and it's, like, if it's gonna be a negative thing, if it's gonna be too physical of a uh, distraction, right? Because there's definitely uh, a player that I have in mind who I will not name, uh, I definitely wouldn't give him a nerf sword because then he would just be hitting the other players with it while they're trying to play and definitely uh, definitely distracting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you guys will know your players like I know mine. So if it works, oops, through <laughs> my, uh, my pen I got so excited. Um, but sticky notes and note cards uh, mm, yeah. to symbolize stuff like inventory items uh, or, you know, maybe even symbols and clues. Like I've, I've had really good success with that. Uh, they see a picture on the, or they see a drawing on the wall. Mm-hmm. It, like, Going through a tomb, it. and yeah, like, oh, what's the symbol written by this door or whatever? Mm-hmm. Describe it to your players. Obviously, but, you're going to do that, but then also because they're going to ask what it looks like. Yeah. Give them a little drawing of it, and everyone can see that. They can pass it back and forth, and they can be like, okay, yeah, it looks like this. Um, helps them get a picture of what you're trying to describe. In their mind, it flushes out the, you know, imaginary scene that everyone is building as you describe the adventure. And, um, you know, they don't need to keep asking you what it looks like. Or if they, you know, like, oh, I try and read the hieroglyphs and you describe what they see. They don't have to be like, do I see this thing? Mm -hmm. Do I see the thing that you said earlier? They can be like, I'm looking for one of these. It also helps because, like... As me as a player, like I try to be a good note taker, but I am most certainly not. Yeah. So like, that... oh, game master says there's a weird symbol on the wall. I'll be like, okay, I like draw half of it because then something else. Like the I'm playing, so like I ask some questions and then I forget and like I leave my drawing half done. That's that's a terrific point that isn't anywhere on our. Uh... Outline. outline for this episode but i i want to i want to bring that up so yeah what you said that's so that's so critical and such a good idea i'm not like a uh i'm not a very like chaotic game master when i'm running stuff but i am a very like by the seat of my pants game <laughs> master and that i don't plan out a lot of stuff and i like to i i like to see what happens and then you know make the right thing happen for whatever's going on which means I don't take very many notes. And when note-critical stuff does come up, I'm pretty bad also about like keeping those notes for myself. First of all, writing things down and um, you know, remembering to reference them when it comes up. But if you go out of your way to be like, oh, what, like, what symbol are the cultists wearing? Mm-hmm. Okay, draw a little picture of that and hand that to your players... You've put it in everyone's mind, so if you forget, it's drawn right there. Someone has it, and you've you've 
spread load the onus of remembering everything that's going yeah. on. Because then you can just say, oh, you see the same symbol as the cultists. Yeah. And you reference and then you the point, thing I get. You point at their character sheet, which next to it has was. a sticky note. And you're like, you see the same thing. You see that right there. And they're like, oh, okay. They know what that means. You might not have, you know, remembered to write everything down or even draw a picture of it for yourself. But you've put it out into the game world. You've made it, you know, mm. you've made it a fact in everyone else's mind by, you know, giving them a physical representation of it. So that's a, yeah. Little drawings of, like, symbols and clues and stuff. That's a really good use for physical handouts in pen and paper mm. role-playing. Very good. Uh, other examples of handouts. Uh, journals and diaries. Mm-hmm. Um I like to, the way I game master, like if I'm going to do a journal, which, you know, I actually, I have done in the session that I'm playing right now, probably not going to be playing uh, when you guys listen to this, but um, I did a journal and like there's some clues in the journal that like are important later on for the players to remember. Of course, you know, during the gameplay, I read it out. But I also printed it out and gave it to all the players so they have it to refer back to when maybe something's going to click for them that, of course, didn't when they first read it because that's not, of course, they But then we explore a little bit and we're like, oh, this, I didn't know, I didn't know what that description was of. Now I'm at some, you know, terrain feature and now suddenly it's like, it's clicking. I'm like, oh, that's this. And then you go back and you check the journal. That's always, I love, I love like treasure hunts and maps or like landmarks and stuff like that where like the, the character and like they do this in TV shows and movies all the time and books where they like read it and they're like, ah, the, the hands that reaches for the sun. Well, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I don't know, but then, like, then you, like... You don't know, but that was in some guy's journal. Right. And then later you find, like, a statue or something. Or you're just, like, like a rock that looks like a hand. Oh, that's what that is. And now suddenly a ton of context is lent to, you know... And that's not just a pen and paper thing. That's just, like, foreshadowing and writing. story thing. Yeah, Yeah. storytelling. But But I love that. Yeah. And so, yeah, when that comes up in gameplay... It's terrific, and a really easy way you can facilitate stuff like that is by putting that information in the hands of your players, mm-hmm. not just telling them, but like giving them a physical copy of it. Right? Because like you know, if they were like to. perfect straight A plus 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 students, like they'd be like dictating the journal as you read it out. Like, but then like you know, my my thing with notes, uh, you know, in school, that's why I was the um, the the class suck up head is because mm, I was gonna I intro. knew I was gonna get into school, uh-huh. uh, but like my always thing my thing was like it's hard to take notes when you're actually listening to like the lecture, like because I'm listening to the words they're saying rather than focusing on writing down, which you know is always like oh sometimes it's good and then sometimes I'm like why didn't I take better notes fuck, <laughs> so giving a handout. It just skips that step. Here's a handout. You don't need to take perfect notes. Mm-hmm. Boom. Here's the journal. Journal's terrific. Journal, diary, clues, that way. Um, you also mentioned maps, and that's kind of the last like, great example. I don't think anyone has 
read a like you know sci-fi or fantasy book and not enjoyed there being a map in the beginning <laughs> especially you know like as you read it and you return back to it maps are fucking cool it's a just like a visually pleasing thing i think to uh you know to have to look at to be there but also it's a really you know like it's a context clue it tells you mm-hmm. things about where things are in relation to each other it puts things in the narrative we're just talking about a book it puts things in the narrative into context and into like physical uh relation with each other this episode's about handouts it's all about you know players giving players a physical way to engage with the game not mm-hmm. just not just conceptual not just you know audio visual physically engaging question um is it it can't be no there's no way it's copyright infringement. so like I was going to uh, reference D&D, right? Okay. So, like, uh, when we played uh, with Brian, when Brian ran our session, um, he, like, sent us the maps, like, online. Yeah. Right? Like, and I just didn't print them out. It would have been... I just would have liked a map to refer back to because he was, like, saying all these places and, like, all this shit. And it's like... Yeah, we were, like, I, wandering around this town. I know, I saw the map. And it wasn't a town from anything we'd ever been to. It wasn't, like, you know, from a Witcher game. So we had some actual, like, uh, context for where stuff was. It was just a completely original town for a D&D adventure. And without a physical reference, without a map, everything felt, you know, very abstract. And it was a lot of just, like, well... Uh, Let's go to this person. Do we know where that is? And, like, and then Brian would be like, yeah, you know, it's like this way out of town. We're like, okay, we go that way out of town. But with when you give your players a physical map of the area that they're in, a lot more... Uh, I, I, I feel like they gain a lot more agency in the, uh, the role-playing that they do and in the decisions they make in the story because they're looking at you know where stuff is in relation to each other well, it, it they it feels like you can make an, a, a much more informed decision. Yeah, about where to go and Even what to do. Even though you could be completely wrong and like you're not actually mm-hmm. using this like giant region map to. Or know maybe where you to can't go. really read a map. That's you know. And like yeah, maybe <laughs> big deal. Yeah, you know, whatever. But it might make you feel like you can, and especially in the example Dane was talking about, the adventure that he's currently running, the uh, the journal that he gave the party also came with a map. They come with a map. And not everything on the map was like super well labeled, but that was, you know, deliberate because we don't know everything. And not everything on the in the journal is like a clearly defined reference point to something on the map, but we have enough of each thing to put together an idea of what's going on and be like, well, okay, so it says this happened on this island west of here like okay well that's one of these two places i think it's this then like as a party you can you can you know lean in and look at the map together and make your decisions based on something physical like well we need to go this direction okay how do we do that you can see physical obstacles you can make a plan you're like well let's go uh you know there's a mountain in the way. 
let's let's travel south for a bit of time until we're just you know clear of the mountain and then we'll loop back around because maybe you know just as a party you already know you're not prepared to climb a mountain mm-hmm. or you know spend a night right like a, maybe yeah. you couldn't have even climbed the mountain if you tried the game master would just say no uh. but it makes you feel like you made like a good decision right? yeah knowing that oh I don't really want to climb this mountain, so let's go around it. That might not have even that might not have even been an option, but it feels like you made the decision. Yeah. So like as a player, it makes you feel smart, which is all anybody ever yeah, wants, right? And it's good. We're talking a lot about like specific ways you can use a map conceptually, mm-hmm. but refocusing on the idea of printing out the maps that you draw or steal from the internet. You don't have to you don't have to create original versions of everything you use for this stuff. The point is to just give your players something physical so that they can, you know, feel like they're physically holding something. Feel like they actually found something. Trade it or pass it between each other and uh, you know, have a better idea of the space that they're in and where things are in relation to each other. I do want to talk a little bit. It's not on the outline. I thought of this while we were talking about it. That's how good we are at this. We just, like, rewrite the outline as we talk through it. Or just how bad we are at making outlines. That's true. (laughs) It could go either way. Uh, You know, if you look on the positive side, uh, I think it's just because we're really good. So, anyways. um, So, different ways to give your players handouts and what those mean. For example... Uh, like the map and journal that I gave my players in the current adventure, uh, I gave it to all my players because at the bit of the story, like it was, they all like the, a thing happened, and I don't want to spoil it in case we put it on the podcast. Um, but like all my players got to, their characters like came together and all looked at the journal and the map, right? So they all had access to that. So there's that. There's that way. Just give it to everybody. Everybody gets the same information. I Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So there's a distinction between, like, everyone has had access to it, so I'm going to give all of you a copy. Mm-hmm. Because the idea is that everyone can just, you know, look at it at any time. But there's a different thing where maybe there is only one treasure map, mm-hmm. and so you only give that to one player. You don't give a version right. to everyone. Or maybe it's not a map. Maybe right. it's, it's like a... Um, well, I guess maybe maybe it is a map where it's just like, oh, if you remove the third brick on the left, there's gold behind it. Right, just like a maybe little, that a little clue that on a parchment. You know, that player and character, they don't share that information. So, like, mm-hmm. when they get to that bit in the dungeon, they're like, I remove uh, the third brick on the left. And the game master knows what that means, but mm-hmm. the other players are in the dark, and they're like, wait, what? Why? Yeah. I'm that not is, telling. Yeah. So it's a what you're talking about, choosing who you do and do not give information to. If you do it in the form of handouts, then you have a lot more control over that, and a player can have some critical information like that, choose whether or not they share it or keep it secret, mm-hmm. and you, you deepen the immersion again by having you know some players know certain things and some players don't or some players have access to certain things some people don't you you make that idea more real 
by, you know, giving them a physical version of whatever is in question and not giving it to some other people. You know what also kind of gets at this is the cards in Torg. Yeah, that was like, a thing. We haven't talked about crazy that is. We haven't talked about Torg. We haven't talked about Torg in a little bit. Yeah, I think since like the first friggin' episode. But Torg, terrific, uh, terrific role playing system. The first thing that we ever started playing, it came with a deck of like action cards or uh, like scene direction almost. Scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like at the first, at the top of every round of an encounter. You would flip one of the cards, and it would. Um, well, that one was just for initiative. It would it would show like initiative and like maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. But then there was the other side of it, which gave. Um, well, it gave well, you a bunch of things that you could like activate in right. the game. Well, there was like approved actions. Yeah. Um, and like then you can put cards into your pool if you do approved actions. Right, from your hand into your pool, and then you can play cards from your pool. And there was some other ones, but, like, the ones I want to talk about are, like, the, the story ones. So, like, there was uh, a hero card um, where... No, not I'm not thinking of the hero card. The martyr card, mm-hmm. where you if you played that into your pool and you activated the martyr card... You could get your team out of any situation, by, but you would die. By sacrificing Your character yourself, yeah. would die. And, like, that's just, you know, cool little story beats that are, like, you know, they're basically prompts. There were other stuff. Mm-hmm. There was other things in there. There was, like, romantic subplot well, where like, if you, like, played the thing, right. the Game Master had to work in, so those, you know, something romantic those for your character. didn't work the same or, way as, like, you didn't have to play those into your pool. Yeah. You could just lay those down and be like, I have a connection. Yeah. Which means... Oh, game master! I know somebody. I know somebody in this who situation who's going to help us out. Yeah. Or you know, a romance card. I have a romance, so like you know, throw me somebody to romance. Um, stuff like that, I think, is really cool. And like uh, you know, we at Temple of Anubis, which you, know, if you guys have been a plus 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 students and taking notes about all our episodes, <laughs> you probably heard that reference before. Uh, it's an adventure I ran kind of on the bridge between uh, the Eclipse and Afterlife from Torg that we uh, took. It was it was in the Torg universe, but used completely different rules. Anyways, uh, I was just I was slipping I was slipping everybody little sticky notes the whole time because I had like pre-written a bunch of sticky notes because we pre-made characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's one way to do it, you know, pre-write stuff that you know is going to come up and then like, you know, here's a sticky note, slide it across the table. Yeah. And then that's for that character. Then they look at it and they're like, oh, okay, this sticky note says that I know the secret brick to press or whatever. Mm-hmm. They right. get to do whatever they want with that information. They get to still role play however they want, but, you know, you have you've made it clear to them that they they know something secret that not everyone else does. Now they have the option of what they want to do with it. Right. And so I guess, you know, then the point to bring it back home is you don't always have to pre-write your handouts. You don't always have to have your journal or your map or your symbols or clues or your inventory items written, like, in a stack of, like, Game Master material that you hand out. Just write it on the fly. If, like, you know, if there's a moment where, like, 
oh, this is actually a clue that like I didn't really write in, but like my players ask and they push me. It's like, well, what does it look like? What does this symbol look like? So yeah, I'm gonna just make it up, mm-hmm. draw it out, On a give it note. to your players, and like uh, Cosmo said earlier, that spreads the the responsibility of remembering it around. Yeah. So you you've, can just re-reference. You've gotten it out of your brain and put it, you know, something physical on the mm-hmm. table that everyone can see, everyone can remember. And even if everyone forgets, anyone can at any time check the sticky note. Boom. So, little digression there into Torg, but uh, I think it stayed mostly on point. Yeah. Let's it's about It's about handouts and how to do handouts. So, what did we uh, what, what did we talk about tonight? We talked about handouts. Um, we talked about what they are. You should know what a handout is if you didn't already. Yeah. Now you definitely do, but yeah. Uh, we talked about why handouts. Why would you do handouts? I feel like we uh, we made a strong case for their use. Um, and then we went through some examples and some anecdotes about how we have successfully used handouts in the past. And hopefully that's just helpful for anyone listening here to, uh, yeah, enrich your role-playing experience. And if you weren't, if you, like, already are doing handouts, but, like, you didn't even think about them, like, now maybe you are thinking about how you could improve the role-playing with the handouts you're giving. Because chances are you're probably already giving handouts in some form or another. Yeah. We didn't uh, we didn't come up with this outline and then start doing it. Just it was pretty it was pretty second nature to be like, well, some things you just like give on a sticky note, especially if it's like a piece of a secret or something. But right. also items, special mm-hmm. items, things that are you know loot or uh, like tradable between your characters, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, what are handouts? Why do handouts? And what are some cool handouts? Examples. We did all that. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully you find it helpful. If you enjoyed that, you probably enjoy our other stuff. Uh, so find us at 2hgm.com. Throw us, uh, tweet us. Uh, throw us some money on Patreon. <laughs> Nobody's done it yet. You could be the yeah, first. Yeah, you could be the first. That might not actually be true by the time this airs, but it probably will be. It, so yeah, I, I suspect it'll stay true. It will Maybe stay forever. True. Probably forever. Anyways, uh, get our free Eclipse engine from the website. Uh, PDF, download it for free mm-hmm. all the time. Along with character sheets and uh, yeah, everything you need to everything you need to start playing. Pen and paper role-playing with our free and easy-to-learn system. Um, and join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Real quick, got a recommendation. Uh, MC Chris, great music. Uh, go listen to some MC Chris. Not related to role-playing at all, just a good... Well, good he, I mean, he's done some stuff, I guess. He does some nerd shit. I'll, yeah, let me, um, let me walk that back completely. Because he sings a lot of cool songs about lots of nerdy shit. And one of his albums is called Dungeon Master of Ceremonies. So there is a clear connection. He sings about this kind of fun stuff. And it's funny and it's good. 
been fans for a long time. Music recommendation. We don't recommend that much stuff. We kind of forget about this bit at the end. Uh, but there you go. But yeah. MC Chris. Cool stuff. Good music. Speaking of music, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song Pond Hill's Finest as the intro and outro for our podcast. And I think that's it. See you next time. See you next time.